but you know, I'm sure I had a lot of coaches that I didn't even work directly with when I was there, but just knew me and knew my reputation of how I was on the field and with my team. Um, and also with other athletes and how I acted even as an intern there. Um, so I think it's just really important to know that ultimately it's going to be people you work with that, that help you get these positions and vouch for you when you need it. Um, so I think it's just important to, you know, always be aware of who's around and, and the way you want people to remember you. Welcome to Casey's Conversations, a podcast designed to highlight and build connections with female strength and conditioning coaches. I'm your host, Caitlin Cunningham. Hey guys, welcome to episode number three of Casey's Conversations. Today I'm joined by Jenna Reddy. She is the Director of Women's Basketball Sports Performance at Wake Forest. I really enjoyed having this conversation with her today, and I hope you guys do as well. All right, let's get this party started. Jenna, thanks for being here. So happy to have you and looking forward to our conversation today. Thanks so much for having me, Caitlin. I'm thrilled you asked me, and I think what what you're starting is really incredible. It's going to just keep rolling. Well, we can both thank Ryan Horn for the – the offer to throw you on here. He uh, sent you as a person he would like to hear from. So I had a little feeling that could have been him for sure. (laughs) (laughs) You were already on the list, but he just really reaffirmed it. So we'll thanks Ryan. We'll thank Ryan for that one. (laughs) I'll have to remind him and remind him by thank him. He'll he'll, uh, love that. I never do that enough. He'll probably say, but. uh. (laughs) All right. So Research has been done that uh, daily gratitude can increase your long-term well-being by more than 10%. So let's kick this thing off with what are you grateful for today? Um, well, first and foremost, I, I would even say even the older I get, I always say my family. Um, it's so true. They say you, you sometimes don't realize how awesome your family but That's almost exactly how I feel today. Um, you know, I have the most incredible parents um, in the world. And as I get older and go through different things and see how they handle different things within our family, it's just amazing. And, you know, even thinking back when I was younger, all the different ways they supported me. And um, it's just awesome. I feel like I wouldn't even be close to where I am now without them. So um then number one and then um secondly lately i've been always thinking um when you when i saw this question um today especially because it was our first day back with the girls in the weight room is that i'm really thankful for the athletes i work with um because they just always it's you know in the summer sometimes i'm sure you know if when you get away and they haven't been around for a while you don't realize how special it is to work with student athletes and that's why you love your job so um i'm just really grateful for them today and seeing them and and having them back the impact i can i can have on them and they have on me as well yeah, we had a fine horn right now too, of course. So after <laughs> Absolutely. Fine yeah, horn for getting me here. So. <laughs> <laughs> we had a four-day weekend with uh, the 4th of July. And so when the girls got back yesterday, I was like, man, I kind of missed you guys. And they were like, you know what? We I missed everyone too. So it's always good to get them yeah. back in and kind of get the ball rolling with them. So Exactly. Give us a little bit of your background and your path to getting where you are now. Um. So... Uh, you know, kind of what really started my career path and getting into strength and conditioning was being a student athlete. Um, I played lacrosse at Queens University in Charlotte, um, which is a smaller Division II school. Um, But I absolutely loved it. I always say being a student athlete really shaped 
everything for me. It, it, it's uh, my career. Um, I think a lot of goals I live by all were kind of shaped by my experience as a student athlete. Um, so that's kind of really where my interest and strength conditioning specifically started. But, um, you know, growing up, I, I played every sport possible from ice hockey to basketball to, I mean, soft. Um, and grew up in a family um, that just lived, lived and died sports. We're from Philadelphia originally, so obviously diehard Philadelphia Eagles fans, um, 76ers fans and Flyers. So if you, if you grow up in Philly, you basically you have to be an insane Philadelphia obnoxious fan or it doesn't, you don't even count. Um, so just growing up, I was around sports. Um, my dad used to take me to Philadelphia Eagles games all the time. He actually still even has season tickets. He doesn't even live in Philly. But um, so I just always was around sports. And um, I think that's even kind of what made me more interested in strength and conditioning, um, just because I, I never thought I wanted to be just a lacrosse coach, just because lacrosse was just another sport that I kind of played. Um, and then when I realized, oh, my gosh, like this – this profession could get me into a wide array of sports. You know, it could get me into football if I wanted to be in football one day. Um, so I just kind of saw it for me to just be immersed in sports, um, which is really my passion. I always say when people ask my passion, it's just sports. I, I love everything about it. Um, so that's kind of, I guess, what brought me to, to start. Um, but um, so then after college, I, I played – um, lacrosse there for uh, four years and then got an undergrad degree in exercise and sports science. Um, and while I was there, I had an amazing strength coach who um, it really encouraged me to see if I'd be interested in working as a strength coach. Um, and he was, it's wild now when I think about it, he, he was the only strength coach for I mean, over 20 sports at Queens Ooh. and every team used them. I mean, he, he was amazing too. So everyone wanted to use them, you know, three times a week. And he was just awesome. He never would have thought that he ever, you know, wasn't enjoying it or was burnt out. He was, he was really great. And, um, pushed me. I even, he even allowed me to intern with him my entire senior year. Um, and I got course credit for it, which was awesome. Um, so that kind of gave me a ton of experience right off the bat. And he definitely used me since, you know, he was, you know, one, one guy. So he really let me kind of roll with it. And he, he wasn't just using me for like setup and, and uh, cleanup. He was really letting me coach and wanted me to be involved in everything. So it was, it was awesome. Um, and then um, from there I uh, went, I actually, so I graduated and I was applying for a million GA positions trying to get into grad school and I'm sure, as you know, it's they're so competitive. It was oh, yeah. hard to find one. Um, and then at the end of the summer, I, after I graduated, I didn't have any luck. Um, my university, Queens University, um, offered me an assistant job that they created. Wow. Um, so I was so super lucky. I mean, I was just so thankful to get anything at that point. It was, you know, I got to stay where I am and, and be at the university I loved. Um, which I think was definitely, it was also a huge challenge being a recent graduate, you know, having to work with athletes that I, I was just their peer, you know. Um, but it was an awesome experience. Um, but then made me realize I still have to get my master's um, at some point if I want to just keep progressing in the field. Um, so then I went to Lenore Ryan University and was a grad assistant there for strength and conditioning um, and graduated with a master's in exercise and sports science as well. Um, which was actually awesome too, because it was another small division two school 
that kind of almost, I think we were the first strength conditioning staff they ever had there. So it was a head guy um, and then two GAs. So, and again, it was, a, I don't know if you're familiar with a lot of division two schools there. It's like over 20 sports. So a lot of them are just big athletic schools. It's like half the population is student athletes. That's so much experience. I think I oversaw like seven teams, completely mine, programmed and designing coached their entire program at, you know, just a year out of college. So it was awesome. I mean, it was just talk about getting thrown in the fire. Um, it's kind of exactly what it was, but it was great. I mean, I got to work with a hundred different populations of athletes from cheerleading to helping out with football um, and things like that. So it was actually, it was, even though it was definitely, um, you'd say a grind, I guess it was, it was definitely the best thing I think ever for a young coach. Um, so, um, yeah. And then after that, I got a, my first full-time assistant position at uh, Winthrop university, um, which was amazing. And I was there for almost two years, um, right before I got to wake forest right now, um, working with women's basketball. Awesome. Yeah. So I was also a intern, um, or working with the team that I had recently graduated, um, from underneath. And I can tell you what, having to stand there and be a coach for people that you competed with and, or you were friends with on the softball team or whatever other sport you were working with. Holy cow. Talk about having to grow up fast. So I totally understand that aspect that you, uh, yeah, you, I was just going to say, you said it perfectly. You have to, you learn real fast what you can, can't do. And, um, yeah, it's a challenge. You got to grow up. Like, you know, a lot of those people would, would still be people your friends were hanging out with or whatever. And you got to really kind of, decide what's important you know if if it's just something you're gonna make sure you go above and beyond with and do everything right and or you know you could take advantage of the situation as well knowing that you already have relationships with staff there and um so I think it's it was like you said it was just a great great time to make me mature quickly and figure out kind of um how to gain respect and buy in as, as quick as possible. Um, and also be realistic of, you know, expectations of it is going to be tough. You know, it might be times where you might get treated differently, but just kind of understanding it and being, you know, kind of realistic on, on ways you should, you should act and coach. Yeah. So if there's other student athletes, what advice would you offer for them if they wanted to get into strength and conditioning and ended up interning or coaching at their school that they were former athletes at? Yeah, I would say, I think the biggest thing is, is just making sure, you know, I, one thing I, I will give myself credit to, I think when I was in school there, you know, anytime I was involved in athletics, I made sure to be professional all the time and, and not, and make sure I was always, uh, you know, above the standard and expectations, but they would expect the student athlete, almost um, like an interview every day. I, I always think it's sometimes, you know, corny when they, people say that, but it's true. Um, and I think the way I acted all my entire um, career as a student athlete, ultimately they, they got, they made that position for me because they had faith that I could do it. So um, I think it's just as early as, as early as you start in athletics and you think you might have an interest, just know that there's so many people that are there, there that can then vouch for you later, whether it's a position there or somewhere else. Um, but, you know, I'm sure I had a lot of coaches that I didn't even work directly with when I was there, but just knew me and knew my reputation of how I was on the field and with my team um, and also with other athletes and how I acted even as an intern there. Um, so I think it's just really important to know that 
ultimately it's going to be people you work with that, that help you get these positions and vouch for you when you need it. Um, so I think it's just important to, you know, always be aware of who's around and, and the way you want people to remember you. Yeah, absolutely. That's a life lesson right there. I mean, just think about all the kids you coach. It's like, how many times do people call and say, what was this kid like? Exactly. Whether they want to be strength coaches or not. Um, Exactly. And everything. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, being around, you know, sports growing up and you mentioned maybe the thought of working with football or just a men's sport in general, has that crossed your mind since then? Or was that just something you kind of thought about when you were younger? Um. I think as I was younger, uh, it was like, I was always, to be honest, jealous. My brother played football and he played football in college. And um, I always loved him. I, like I said, my, I always think back, like, how amazing my dad was. My dad would take, he, ne- he never thought, like, he should take my brother to football games because he plays football or he could play football because he's a male. He would split it evenly. He would take me to a home game and then take my brother to a home game, take me to one and I mean, he was like that all the way up till, I mean, still now this day, me and my brother fight over who's going over to home opener <laughs> games. And, and I think it's funny, like he never made me think it was anything out of the ordinary. Um, and so when I was younger, it was always something I wanted to be involved in. And then, you know, unfortunately you get older and you realize sometimes it's a little more difficult, um, especially when you can't play football or whatever it is. And then I started other sports. Um, but I think I just love the fact that I, I, it's an option if I want, if I want to pursue it, because, um, you know, I think a lot of times, unfortunately, a lot of women, I feel will think automatically cross it off the list when they see it post up as a job, um, or available job. And I just think, um, I love that it could be an opportunity if I, if I, if I decided that was something I, I wanted to get into, or I want to go get experience in and, and continue to pursue down the line. Um, so I think I, my mind always is, I think in this, can think you want to do something and then two years later you might want to do something completely else. And um, so I think just more experiences I get in different things, I, I, my mind kind of changes on what I could see myself doing. Um, so I'm kind of just still trying to get experience and see, you know. Yeah. Speaking of experiences, you've attended NFL and NBA women's forums is that correct yeah yeah um some good research right there <laughs> yeah. so um, <laughs> um share a couple experiences maybe from that I don't know you know different things that maybe went on or things that impacted you the most um just yeah. some stories um well I always I always love the story of the how I even got invited to the NFL um forum I actually went to um I'm sure you've heard of the Women's Leaders in Sport um, mm-hmm. Association. And um, I went, I decided I wanted to go to something really different last year for a conference. It just really sprung an interest in me. And we had another female staff member at Winthrop going. Um, and I had an athletic director there that um, I, I reported to. And she was awesome and encouraged me and, and found me a way to get there. Um, so I went to that. And at the, it was in Atlanta. I guess it was almost two years ago now. Um, and they, I, I met some of the women from the NFL forum, um, but just, we were just, I didn't even know they were in the NFL or worked for the NFL, but we were talking at a table and I think they saw that I just kind of knew sports, knew, and we went on a bunch of conversations about football, things like that, and things that were going on at that conference we were at. And then, um, 
at the end of the conversation, they, told, um, they realized that they were office in New York. Um, and Sam Rapport, she is, I want to say she's the head of um, a women's initiative in the NFL. Um, and I feel bad, I forget the exact title of her, but she's in charge of this, the NFL's women initiative to get women into the NFL um, in different positions and jobs and making sure there's equity within the NFL of women that are already in there now. And um, so we got to talking and she was telling me about it. And then she told me to pass along my resume because they do this forum where they just want to get different females, um, whether they're directly involved with football or whatever, have an interest. Um, and they said strength and conditioning, it's, it's a skill almost where, you know, where if you're a football coach, sometimes you need a little bit of that football experience for the X knows, but you know, they always want strength and conditioning professionals that are interested because not that it's easier to get them in, but it's a skill that um, you don't necessarily need to have played football experience to um, gain one of these positions um, with on the sports science team, sports performance, whatever it is. So um, I passed along my resume to her when I got back and we kept in touch and then um, they invited people to the forum. And um, that was kind of how I got, got involved in it, which is crazy because it's just funny. I just, you don't think like things like that ever happen with um, just meeting someone at our conference, but it, it was really cool. And it was a very genuine conversation we had too that got me involved in it. Um, and it was incredible. It was awesome. I mean, it was like, I think they only invited a certain, I think it was like a, almost less than a hundred people could attend. Um, so it was like really intimate and it was like, you felt like I was around all these like-minded individuals all at the same time. It was incredible. And you almost don't realize how many people there are that has um, like just similar interests and passion. Um, and that was to me one of the most special things. It was just being around a bunch of other women um, and, and passionate about sports. Um, and it was really cool. And on top of it too, they, I mean, it was an unreal event. You could tell they really invested into this forum and they wanted it to be top of the line and they were really serious about it. Um, and even invited, and we had some of the, we had Ron Rivera from the Panthers at one of the, um, uh, round table discussions. Like it, it was, I mean, it was amazing. It was really impressive. So, um, and then, um, the NBA one was during, um, all-star weekend, Cool. in um, Charlotte, which was cool. It was actually a quick event. It was like an hour-long little um, event, and it was for women involved in basketball. And um, Latrina Robinson, who actually played at Wake Forest and is now, I'm sure you're familiar with her, does a lot of, um, commentates a lot of the women's games, um, asked me to go to her because she was speaking at it. Um, so that was amazing. It was amazing to see her, too. She's uh, unbelievable and represents Wakes so incredibly well to support her and kind of listen to her to her talk about her experience being a female commentator. Um, so it was really it was awesome. Both of them, I so lucky. It was like a dream. I felt like it was like three months apart too. So it was like <laughs> the most inspiring three months of my life. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, That's super cool. Have you had any female strength and conditioning coaches that you've aspired to be, or has it primarily been men as your mentors coming up through the field? Yeah, unfortunately, I've never worked for another female strength or even had on staff, never. Wow. So I've always had all men's staff um, and always had uh, reported to a male um, head coach. Um, but um, I always say, you know, no matter what, my, my college lacrosse coach, even though she's not directly um, in the uh, strength and conditioning field, she's had like the 
biggest impact on me just as a coach. I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm sure you, as you know, it's a lot of, it's not even about, you know, program design, just like we're this podcast. It has nothing really to do with, you know, program design and philosophies, but um, you know, kind of how you're impacted by your mentors as a coach and a person and how you expect to treat athletes kind of sticks with you more. And she was just someone that uh, to this day, every time I think of, what, how she did things and how she ran things, how she spoke to us and treated us. Um, and the way she demanded things from us, I always try to emulate just because it had such an impact on me. I had the, I think I had the best experience ever. And so, you know, how, how can I make sure that I'm, you know, demanding the most of my players, but also trying to give them that same experience. So, um, that's someone to me that, even though not in the strength field has had just the biggest impact, I think on how I coach. Yeah, that's awesome. I was fortunate. I had two while I was an intern at the University of Kansas. So my strength coach that was with women's soccer when I played, Molly McKinnon, um, she was my first female. And then obviously Hootie, because that was who Molly reported. Yeah, I was going to say, I've never been so jealous of you for sure. (laughs) Every I, every time I hear you guys that you came, everyone came from Hootie, I'm like, yeah, it sounds amazing. I know. <laughs> she is, uh, she's phenomenal. Um, yeah. and she was the first, first episode on the podcast and it was a lot of fun to, to hear her wisdom and just all the things that she's gone through is unbelievable. So yeah, super, super thankful to have people, uh, pave the way, you know, for all of us yeah. females in the field. So now I have to ask you, since you're on that now, I would like to hear the biggest impact she has, she has had on you or, or best wisdom that you just being around her, what you took the most. Yikes. Um, Probably a hard one, but. Yeah, I would have to say, I think from just being around both her and Molly, it was seeing how they can still be really strong women and not kind of back down or let down to what people thought that they should be. Yeah. You know, it was like a constant quizzing of like all the things, strength and conditioning. But to me, like that's the minute stuff, you know, like, okay, programming, well, we all learn how to do that. Yes. But to me, it was how to be a strong and powerful independent woman in the field of primarily men, which to me is extremely important. You know, I grew up with a super, super strong mom who raised Mm -hmm. all four of us kids and, uh, Lord help her for all the craziness that we put her through. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, you know, Hootie and Molly were like big sisters or mother figures to me. So it was like, okay, what things can I now learn from people who are within the field that I ultimately want to be like? So, yeah. And then talking to her again for the podcast, I think, one of the big things that I took away was just the importance of communication and you're going to fail at it every single day. Mm -hmm. Um, But forgive yourself for the mistakes that you make today and learn from them and come back tomorrow and be willing to fight and do better than what you did the day before the days, you know, previous. And then talking with Allie, who was her assistant, who's now at Stanford. Um, she, I had her on an episode as well, and she said the same thing. Communication um, just yeah. was one of the big, big points. So, yeah, no, that's that's awesome. You're right about. I think it's so cool. Like being a younger coach, I think I would have loved to be around just just 
watching the way other women in the field that have been in the field a while handle different situations because yeah. a lot of times it's hard to get that from a male strength coach because it's it, no matter what it's way way different it, yeah. it just in different situations the, the way you could learn from just watching how a female in our field handles it um would have been really really impactful yeah it was uh i'll give you a story too this is actually pretty fun so i was assisting hootie with the men's team basketball team and one of the guys saw me up in like the tutoring area um and he was like coach what do we got for our workout today and i was like oh deadlifts and a couple other you know whatever movements they had for the day and he's like you jumping in with us and i was like no you know like i can't deadlift what you deadlift and i went back and told hootie she yeah. not remember this um but i went back and i told her and she was like cunningham like that's what you train for so when these guys ask you to jump in you have the physical abilities and you have the confidence to say okay I'll jump in with you. Yeah. Um, and it just builds that rapport with those guys. So. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I think that I, someone asked, I, forget, I can't remember who I was talking to. Someone not in our field was asking like how it's like having a male men's team or working with men. And I said, um, you can do one thing really easily to get everyone to shut up and gain respect. And I, and I to, to this day, I, I always remember that my men's soccer team at Winthrop, and they would tell you this, there, it was a tough group sometimes. And we were demoing planes, and one of, the, one of the kids that sometimes gave me a hard time rack and demoed it and did some reps out with cleans just to just prove a little point and then from that they poured it's it unfortunately but you get it, it changes things and you get a little more respect and it and it kind of shows you yeah this is what i can do and i'm super capable and it's just a, i think it's a really easy way sometimes to to help ourselves out when yeah. we're men's teams <laughs> it's uh it's cool i actually had another experience where i was at eastern illinois and Dino Babers got hired as the head coach and he came in to the strength coaches. All of us were meeting and he said, you know, when recruits come and you guys meet with them, I want every one of you guys to demonstrate different movements or just different things that we have the guys doing here. And, uh, and he looked at me and he was like, especially you. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and uh, he said that, you know, it's important for these guys and their moms to come in and see a woman who's able to do everything that we ask the guys to do. Wow. Um, and so, yeah, I was banging out cleans when recruits were coming in, showing them awesome. windows and um, yeah, wow. he's very supportive of having um, females around his guys. Um, he worked that's at Baylor and had women all around his team. So yeah. Wow. That's sweet. That's, yeah. a business, that's awesome. Very cool. Yeah, I, would, I wouldn't. I wouldn't remind. I wouldn't mind those recruit visits. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, those probably a little more. <laughs> All right. Let's flip the script a little. A script a little bit here. I enjoy the quote: "Failure isn't fatal; it's feedback." So, can you give us an example of maybe something that you feel you've failed at or not done so well with, um, and then maybe how you responded to that or you know, used it as feedback. Yeah. So when I first, I, I'm go. I'll be like a little bit of a tangent before I answer that. But I loved it because I just read. I was just on vacation. And I uh, finished Abby Wambach's book, uh, Wolfpack. Um, have you? I'm not sure if you've read it yet. I have it on my desk right now. 
<laughs> it's amazing. I mean, I crushed it. I even bought the audio version and I listened to it on the way back. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> um, there's a part she has about failure. In a lot of the books, she goes through like the rules. Like there'll be like an old rule and then a new rule. And um, her part on failure was like one of my favorite parts because um, she one one of the parts she says, and I even kept her quote around because I, I wanted to find it because it re- it just really stuck to me. And she said that um, you know uh, when a lot when women fail a lot of times is it's in reference to this when there's a lot of times women um, haven't accessed the power of having like used it for fuel and there's it's in you know the past there's been men that have failed and been you know and used it as power and have continued to lead and be leaders even though they've failed and um, it's never I guess really you know you know, men don't deny or reject failure as much as women do. And I think it's super important. Um, and one of the quotes I was going to read, I, I loved is she said, failure is not something to be ashamed of, nor is it proof of unworthiness. Failure is something to be powered by. When we live afraid to fail, we don't take risks and we don't bring our entire selves to the table. So we said, we end up failing before we even begin. Um, so, and then she goes on to say, um, what if I fail instead, let's promise ourselves when I fail, I'll stick around. And I, I just think for us, like in our field that like kind of hit me because, um, like, I think I, I know being a young coach, there's times where I lead men team and I'd be after like, I feel like I sound like an idiot or I was nervous. And, you know, it, it, it sometimes just takes sticking around and just keep doing it and making your go through it. Um, to then, you know, end up being successful. And when I was thinking about the failure part of it and the question I was saying, that's one thing I know when I was younger, I was always nervous about. Um, but I wouldn't be as much with, I'd have my female teams before and I'd be fine. And then I, for some reason, I would just lack a little bit of confidence. And um, I think it was just the fact that I didn't want to fail as much with them. I wouldn't care about if I sounded dumb with females or failed or sounded stupid, but with them, I wouldn't. And I think, you know, it's really important for us to, you know, instead just use it as feedback and, um, you know, don't reject it and use it kind of as power um, and always to stick around, you know, because I think which in the way she says it is that like women haven't completely accessed the power to do that yet. It's kind of, I don't know why I really love that part. Yeah. No, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. So in conjunction with that, I'll, I'll add something new to this. If you could give a high, a low of your career, and then someone that you're maybe cheering for. Okay, cool. Um, so I'd say the, the biggest high, it, it sounds weird too, and I was thinking about this also, um, would be, I think when I left my job at Winthrop, and that sounds, and it's, and it's not even because of, I was going to Wake or going to ACC school. It was because, um, when I left, I had a lot of athletes who were super upset and really upset and almost hurt by it. And um, some athletes, yeah, you would no idea, you maybe had an impact on, you know, came out and I got different cards and notes. And it, it was like, it was just wild because you just sometimes you're in your everyday life, you don't realize it and you just have these men and show that you care for the way we train and do, and, you know, do things for them and support them. And when I left, it was like, incredibly hard it was like I should be so excited you know and to go to this job it was the first time I left a job where it it wasn't because I wanted to leave it was just a new opportunity um so it was super hard but I also 
think I thought it was the best high of my career because it almost gave me confirmation, like, uh, you know, I, I think I am doing the right things now. And, you know, it kind of was like, all right, I, I kind of think I know my core values and principles of coaching. And now I just kind of have more confidence, confirmation that this is what I want to do and that I can make an impact. Um, so I think it was like the biggest high for sure. Um, was just kind of to see that at the end of it, um, which is what I think we all kind of want to see is that we just are leaving a place better. Um, And then low, not low at all, just biggest challenge so far was then coming here because at Wake and and it has nothing to do with anyone, but just even just myself being in a super uncomfortable um, position. It was, I came in November. um, We had, my first day was game day. Wow. Um, I got there and they said, you're, you're comfortable doing the dynamic warm up tonight. Right. And I was like, yeah, let's do it. Let's go. Sure. <laughs> In my head, I'm like re- reviewing what a dynamic warm up is. I forgot it basically <laughs> planning out the most intense dynamic warm up. In my head, I'm like, the hell do I care about? I know how to do a dynamic warm up, but like, <laughs> um, and so it was just time to get comfortable just because it was the timing of me getting here. It was just constantly being just thrown in. It was a blessing, of course, because now it's, it's made me so, so much better and overcome a lot of different challenges. But, um, you know, it just gives you a lot of self doubt. I was here and I had a lot of doubt on what I was doing. What should I do? It, you just sometimes forget when you're, when you're putting uncomfortable positions you forget all the things you know kind of you know or, or doing um and then um it was just a whole different position it was as you know it, you go from working with multiple teams to then working with one in season where you barely get time to I went from working coaching all day every day to two hours a week it was just it was hard you kind of you just you just you forget what it's like all the time being a coach and and having a plan and a uh, and a vision for what you want the team to do. So um, I think that, that was the most challenging part so far of, of my career, for sure. Absolutely. And then if you had someone just in your life that maybe you're cheering for right now, um, doesn't have to be a strength coach. But. Um, I'm, I, as a future strength coach, one of the um, athletes I worked with, she was an incredible All-American tennis player at Winthrop that I worked with. Um, uh, she is pursuing a career in strength and conditioning now that she's just graduated. And she won the NCAA Women's Scholarship for post-grad, which is amazing. And she's a huge – she's Australian. She's a complete badass. So she's at university. Of Florida on that scholarship and also going to be interning with their strength department. So she's Very definitely cool. cheering for her. You know, she probably doesn't need my cheer. She'll probably be cheering for me soon. So. <laughs> <laughs> She'll be hiring you somewhere down the road, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so I'll suck up to her now. So. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, all right, let's finish this thing out. I'll give you a couple rapid fire questions and then we'll get our closing thoughts in and let the people hear all this great stuff. So a book that has positive, positively shaped you? Um, to Kill a Mockingbird, my all-time favorite book. Okay. Yeah, I love it. It just uh, scout, you know, the characters. And I just, she's like my spirit animal, I think. So <laughs> I just related to her a lot. And I just thought the book, it's just amazing what it stands for and um, just how to treat people and, and things like that. I thought it's an, it's just an awesome book. 
That's awesome. I love that it has nothing to do with strength and conditioning. It literally like <laughs> nothing. Um, next one, share something interesting about yourself that most people don't know. Um, gosh, I'm pretty open book. Um, <laughs> I would say, well, I have a, a lot of uh, people that do know me would know this, but a diehard Philadelphia sports fan, diehard. I've, I've been to three NFC channels, um, two of them resulting in Eagles going to a Super Bowl. Um, and, uh, I still go a lot. My dad has season tickets still, and we go pretty frequently, even though we're both in North Carolina. So that's awesome. Yeah. Next one, a call to action for the strength and conditioning community, something our listeners can do at the conclusion of listening to our conversation today. Um, I would say, I think a call to action is, is having more conversations like this. And I, I really, I really mean, it. I think like being at wake me and Ryan Horn, he, he's like been another incredible mentor to me and kind of, like monumental person to me in this field and we have so many conversations and i'd say 10 percent of them have anything to do with strength and conditioning or programming absolutely uh, he's such a, a better person um and i learned more from him just having conversations like we're having now than i ever have talking about programs so i think a big call to action is you said having more conversations about what shaped us and brought us here and, and things we find important and how, how to then use it to make our athletes better and make the field better too. And um, I think in the end that will make our profession um, seem differently than it has been in the past as well. Love it. You guys have heard it here from Jenna, reach out to somebody and have a conversation. And then lastly, how can those listening contact you? Um, of course, if there's uh, something you need to reach out to me um, that you didn't want to do on social media, my email, um, you can look on the directory as well, but readyj at wfu.edu. Um, and then I am on Twitter um, as Jenna underscore ready. That is very simple. Perfect. Anything else you want to share with the listeners or any closing, closing thoughts? Um, no, just thank you so much for having me talking about stuff like this and, and learning from you as well and hearing your um, experiences. So thanks so much. And thanks for doing this too. I think it's awesome. Absolutely. Thanks for joining me and hopefully we can do it again soon. Sounds good. <laughs>